Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning into this worship service. Excited to be with you. Going to be talking about kindness this morning because all of us know our nation needs a lot more of that. There's a lot of division, a lot of conflict, a lot of shouting at each other, and it's really discouraging and disheartening. But in the midst of that, we see some really great people who are doing good things. There, are, there have been these protests and riots in major cities and smaller towns around the nation and recently in Buffalo some of those turned violent and uh, they did damage and there was garbage left in the streets and broken glass and one young man 18 years old an african-american whose mom two years earlier had died and and in the meantime he had moved into the house with his youth pastor and was really active in church and growing in the Lord and 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 one of those riots took place in his neighborhood and late that evening about uh, two o'clock in the morning actually he decided he wanted to clean up some of the garbage that was left behind because he knew that tomorrow morning people would uh, be going to work and they'd have to travel through that area and so he got his truck he'd, he'd recently moved into an apartment on his own just graduated high school and so he got a truck and and some gloves and boxes of garbage bags and he went out to that street and he started picking up the garbage and for the next 10 hours from two o'clock in the morning for the next 10 hours he cleaned those streets of the garbage that had been left by the rioters and and uh during during so so the following morning about eight o'clock there was there was this organized group coming to help clean up and when they got there there wasn't anything for them to do because he'd already done it all but during the night a woman drove by and she saw him so she stopped, engaged him in conversation, took a photograph, and that was posted on social media, and it went viral, and people in Buffalo responded with such kindness toward this, this young man. One person gave him a used car, a red Mustang like his mother used to have, actually, and another one, another businessman said, I'm going to pay for his automobile insurance for the next year, and, and then there was a, a local college in Buffalo that gave him a full ride, a four-year scholarship. And, and I, I share that because in the midst of all this chaos and all the turmoil, we, we know there are good people who are doing good things. And sometimes it gets lost with all the, the, the violence and all the, all the struggle and all the pain that's taking place in our country. And so today I want to talk about kindness because I think all of us recognize we need so much more of that in our nation we need so much more of that in our own lives and and I have here a list these this actually two lists and and they're radically different from one another and and the farthest one over there of anger rage malice slander abusive speech lying that list is found in the Bible in God's word and the second list here closer to me compassion kindness humility gentleness patience and love this list is also found in the Bible so both of them are lists that I took directly from Colossians chapter 3 in the New Testament so if you have your Bible open it with me to the book of Colossians chapter 3 both of these lists come from that chapter in God's Word but I want to ask you a question all right as you look at this list which of these groups which which list do you think best describes the political discourse in America today well, I think most of us would readily say it's over here, anger and rage and malice and slander and abusive speech and lying. That, that describes our political discourse a whole lot more than this side, doesn't it? Well, what about our culture at large? What about society at large in America? Well, while there is a, some of this, I think, at large, there's also a whole lot of this over here, the anger and the slander and, and saying hateful things about people. And what about social media? 
whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the different social media platforms. You see a mixture of them, don't you? You see some of this. You, the, the story that I shared with you a moment ago about uh, this young man in Buffalo, that story was, was, can be found on Facebook. So there's positive and good and kind things on Facebook and so on, but there's also a whole lot of this other. And, 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 and it's really amazing sometimes when you, you read the way people attack, attack others on social media. What about those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ? Okay? Those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. Which list do you think better describes us? I would hope that we would say it's the compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and love. And quite often it is. But I'm afraid that there are times when the other list better describes those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, that there are times when people look at what we post on Facebook, look at what we say on Twitter, look at what we post on, on, on any social media, when we have our personal conversations about people who belong to a different political party, when we have a conversation about things going on in, in our culture, in our world today, that that sometimes, that, that I would say often we who are followers of Jesus Christ, if we're not careful, we fall into this camp where we speak with anger, where we, 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 we slander people, we say bad things about people, we, our speech is abusive, and, and sometimes we, we, we continue to promote things that we get from other people that are not totally true. And when you promote something that's not totally true, you are promoting a lie. I think we can get caught up in the divisiveness of our nation. We can get caught up in all the conflict that's taking place in our politics and race relations and everything else, and, 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 and we lose sight of the compassion and humility and gentleness, and, and, and we allow the anger and the slander and the abusive speech and things of that nature to become too powerful in, in our own lives. And, and if we're not careful, we who are followers of Jesus can end up when we speak sounding more like the talking heads of CNN and Fox News more than we sound like Jesus Christ. And I want to call your attention to a verse in Colossians chapter 3 where the Apostle Paul writing to the believers in this particular city of Colossae says, this is what God wants in the lives of his children. So Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 if you have your Bible. So he says this, so as those who have, been clo who, who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, those of us who are followers of Christ, he says, put on. It's like you take a garment out of the closet and you put it on. He says, as a follower of Jesus, put these things on. Wear these in your life. He says, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Kindness. God says that He expects us who love Him, know Him, claim Him to be people of kindness, people of compassion, people of humility, people who are gentle, people who are patient, people who demonstrate love. Have you ever thought about how much the Bible says about kindness? In the book of Ephesians in our New Testament, the Bible says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. In 1 Corinthians 13, the Bible says, Love is patient and love is Kind, There it is again. In Galatians 5, 22, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that God grows in us, produces in us as His children, as His disciples. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. There it is again. And then in the Old Testament, the prophet Micah in chapter 6, verse 8, says that He, that God has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice 
And that's often where we stop with that verse, but it says more. But to do justice and to love kindness. God wants us as His children to love being kind, to love showing kindness to people in this world. And then the Old Testament prophet Zechariah in chapter 7 verse 9 says, Thus thus has the Lord of hosts said, Dispense true justice and practice, listen to this, and practice kindness and compassion. Throughout Scripture, the Old Testament and New Testament, throughout the Word of God, through the prophets and the authors of Scripture, God has said to us that He wants us to be people who show kindness, who have patience, who know how to be gentle, who have humility, who have compassion for people, and not just for those who are in our family, not just for our friends, not just those who are part of our group, not just those who agree with us, not just those who we like, but everyone those who disagree with us, with whom we disagree, those who don't understand us, those who are of a different political party, those who are of a different race or nationality, those who are of a different different economic status and standing in life. God says, I want you to show kindness. I want you to show gentleness, patience, compassion, humility, and love. He says it over and over. And so today and next week, I want to talk about kindness and using Colossians chapter 3 as the platform for the teaching. I want us to understand better than we do what God says about kindness and how He expects us to be kind. I want us to, especially next Sunday, talk about how do we grow in kindness? How do we develop more kindness in our own lives? So we're going to walk through chapter 3. And I want to remind you again of that, that verse I read a moment ago, verse 12, when He says, those of us who have been chosen of God, holy, beloved, put on a heart of compassion, Put on kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and love. That's what God wants from us. So God says, do it. Now let me ask you a question and then answer it. Why? Why does God want us to be a people of kindness? Well, let me give you two reasons from Colossians chapter 3. The first reason is God wants us to show kindness to others because we belong to to his family. If you know Jesus Christ in a personal saving relationship, you belong to his family. And God says he wants his family to be people who are kind. In chapter 3 of Colossians, if you have your Bible, look with me at verses 3 and 4. He says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our, who is our life, notice that Christ, who is our life, is revealed, talking about the second coming, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. He's saying that when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, your life was hidden with Christ in God and that Jesus is now your life. You are in Christ. Christ is in you and Christ is your life. And then he says when Jesus comes back, when he's revealed at the second coming, that we are going to be revealed with him and shared his glories. We talked about the last two Sundays in the messages on suffering. And so Jesus at the second coming is like the Father is going to say to the whole universe and to all of humanity throughout all of eternity, he is my son, he's my beloved son. And then Jesus is going to turn to those of us who know him and love him and follow him and say, these are my children, this is my family. We are his family. And God God says that his family are to be like this, people of compassion, kindness, humility, gentle, gentleness, patience, and love. Continuing in chapter, chapter 3, he tells us as his children, as his family, there are some things that God wants us as believers to, to kill in our lives. And there are some things that God wants us to get rid of 
in our lives. And so if you'll look with me in chapter 3, verses 5, God says, as my family, as my children, I want you to kill these things in your heart, kill these things in your lifestyle, kill these things in your life. And so look at it, chapter 3, verse 5, therefore, he says, consider the members of your body, your earthly body is dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. And I think most of us who follow Jesus don't have a difficult time recognizing that those things are sinful and not to be part of our lives as Christians. Sexual immorality, impurity, and, 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 and all the sexual passion that seems to dominate our culture today, pornography, and, 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 it, and it seems like sexual uh, pressure is placed in our face all the time, temptation, and, and, and that's our culture. And God says you are to kill those things in your life. Make no place for them. Make no room for them. We, 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 we get that. But I want you to drop down to verse 8. He says, also, just like you are to kill these, these what we think of sometimes as big sins and we recognize that they're wrong, in verse 8, God says, hey, I want you to also, also put aside, get rid of, literally, it's what it means, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech the list that I pointed to in the beginning God says I want you to get rid of these things in your life because you are my children not only are you to put to death and kill things like sexual immorality and pornography and greed and all those things that injure people and and that God he says in the later verses will judge God says I also want you to get rid of some other things just as much as I want you to, to kill sexual immorality and impurity and greed in your life, God says, I want you also to get rid of these things, of anger, of wrath, or one Bible translates it, rage, malice, slander, abusive speech, lying. God says there's no place for these things in the life of His children, no place for these things in His family. God says, get rid of them. And when you think about all of our political discourse today, how abusive the speech is, how, how, how sometimes that can influence us, it's really problematic and discouraging. And, and uh, you, you think about uh, social media and, and, and the conversations we have. And, and even our, our president, President Trump, all of us know that President Trump absolutely loves Twitter. He tweets all the time. And, and let's just be honest. We know that many times he's abusive with what he says about people on Twitter. We, we all know that. And so last year when Hurricane Dorian struck the Bahamas and then swept along the coast of the Carolinas, uh, a reporter for ABC News, Carl, uh, Jonathan Carl, uh, did, a, did a report in which he was critical of some of the things that President Trump had said. And well, you know what our president did. He went to Twitter and he tweeted out that, that Jonathan Carl was a lightweight reporter. The problem was the president made a mistake. And when he tweeted out that he was a lightweight reporter, rather than tweeting that at Jonathan Carl with a K, he tweeted it at Jonathan Carl with a C. Jonathan Carl with a C is a pastor of South Fork Baptist Church in Hodgenville, Kentucky. And so when the president tweeted out mistakenly to Jonathan Carl with a C that he was a lightweight reporter, Jonathan Carl's social media accounts blew up and 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 yes some people said some good things to him but man there were a lot of cruel things said to him and so jonathan carl this baptist pastor sat down and he wrote an open letter to the president and he posted it on his social media and part of what he said is this here's what the pastor wrote part of it he said i'm not mad at you 
I'm sad for you. He said, my first reaction was to laugh out loud at your mistake when I saw your tweet. My second response was sadness and compassion for you. The pastor continued by writing, our words overflow from our hearts and can quickly evidence the health or sickness of our souls. And then he said, you called an experienced reporter lightweight. Let's be honest, he wrote, you are lightweight too. We all are. God is the only heavyweight who knows it all and gets it right all the time. And then Jonathan Carl, this pastor, went on to compare President Trump's speech to that of Abraham Lincoln and suggested, urged the president to do this. He said, be slow to tweet, apologize more, be humble, and choose kindness. Good advice for all of us. God says, as my children, as people who are part of my family, the things over there of anger and rage and malice and slander and abusive speech and lying, that is not to be part of your speech. That is not to be your attitude. That is not to be your lifestyle. Instead, because we are His children, we are to put on these things. We are to put on these things. Why? Because we are part of God's family. But let me give you a second reason we put on these things. The second reason is because not only are we part of God's family, we are also a, we're, we're a new person. When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I became somebody new. I'm a new person in Jesus and, and not the person I was before. Look in chapter 3 of Colossians again with me at verse 10. Chapter 3, verse 10. And he said, having put on the new self, the new me. So when I gave my life to Jesus, I, put on, I became a new me who is being renewed to a true knowledge that, that day after day as I live for Jesus Christ, I'm being renewed and strengthened and growing to a true knowledge, a better understanding of who God is, a better understanding of, of, of Jesus Christ. He says, being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Now, here's what that means. When I gave my life to Jesus, when you gave your life to Jesus, Jesus made us a new person. And every day we're being renewed to a better and more complete understanding of Jesus and our relationship with Him and what that means for Him. And this new us is that, that is renewed day after day is, is being created, is being, is being built up, if you will. It's being renewed, it's being created in the image of the one who made us new, Jesus Christ. And that is saying that, that as time passes, I am to look more like Jesus. The new me, the new me is to look more like Jesus. The new me is to talk and sound more like Jesus, think more like Jesus, act more like Jesus, make decisions more like Jesus, live more like Jesus. That's this, brothers and sisters. That's the reason he says in Romans 13, 14, put on Jesus Christ. The new me, the new you resembles Jesus. And so after saying that in verse 12, he said, so because of this, because of the new you, as people who've been chosen by God, who are beloved, who, who are holy, you're God's. He said, because of that, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Because you're part of God's family and because you are a new person in Jesus who is to grow and increasingly look like Jesus, and this is what Jesus looks like. And because you are to look like Jesus, and this is what Jesus looks like, you are to look like Jesus. I am to look like Jesus. I am to develop these things in my life. A heart, a heart of compassion, a sensitivity to the needs of others, to their hurts, a sensitivity to their circumstances, a, a tenderness toward people, kindness, 
Kindness is, a, is, is, is an active word. It's this, the idea that I'm choosing to be gracious in my interactions with others. I'm choosing to have a sweet disposition, that I take the initiative to do something kind for someone else, and, and that I choose to respond in kindness, not just to my family and not just to my friends. And, and if I'm a Republican, not just to Republicans, or if I'm a Democrat, not just to Democrats, but to everyone, to everyone. Be kind to everyone gentleness and patience gentleness and humility rather that they, they they go together these refer to an inner attitude it doesn't mean that that you're weak it means that you you have your strength under control and it's this inner attitude that says i choose to not always react i choose to not always respond i choose to not always insist on or demand what i want what i like what i prefer etc i'm strong enough on the inside to make a choice to show some humility and some gentleness. And then the word patience means I'm not easily provoked. Don't have a sharp fuse. I have self-restraint. And again, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience are all fruit of the Spirit, what God is growing in us as His children. And here's the thing. If I'm growing in Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, I'm growing in this. If I'm not growing in this, I'm not growing in Jesus Christ as a disciple. You know what these characteristics do? If you develop compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, love, you know what it will do? It builds relationships. It strengthens relationships. It builds up people. It strengthens people. It makes our communities better. It makes our nation better. It makes our families better. One verse in chapter 3 that I skipped over that I want to call your attention to is verse 11. In verse 11 he says, this renewal, this renewal, this, this growth in Jesus where I become more like Jesus, this renewal in verse 11 in which there is no, no, notice what it says, there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and freeman, but Christ is all in, in all. What he says is when you grow in compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility and patience and love, when you grow to look more like Jesus, the barriers, the barriers between you and others are broken down. You, you, don't, you, don't, allow those, you don't allow those barriers of race, those barriers of economics, those barriers of geography, those barriers of history, those barriers of politics to cause you to treat each other unloving, to treat each other with abusive speech. Being like Jesus and developing these things in your life means that, that we are one in Christ and you overcome all of those all of those distinctions there was a young mother her name was Fortinot Higgins she was a, a new resident in America from from Uganda didn't have any family here didn't have, didn't have a lot of friends she was new to the area she had two two young children two young boys and she had to work the to night shift to make ends meet and and when she would go to work she would take her boys to the babysitter and leave them there overnight and then the following morning she would pick them up and take them home one evening while she was at work she she was notified that her six-month-old her six-month-old boy elijah was at the hospital and by the time she got there unfortunately elijah had passed away she was told that uh, he had uh, he died from sudden infant death syndrome. The, the doctor said his heart just, just stopped beating. And that before that, a, a police officer and a paramedic had done CPR trying to save him, but it was to no avail. 
She didn't have much, as I said. She was new to this country, didn't understand our customs. And so some of her co-workers and neighbors collected enough money to pay for her funeral, and she was able to bury her little boy. But she didn't have enough money to get him a, you know, a tombstone, a, 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 head, you know, a headstone of any significance. All she could afford was a small, inexpensive wooden cross. But in time, that wooden cross disappeared. And when she would go to visit her son's grave, she couldn't find it. It was a large cemetery in the city, and she, she, just, she just couldn't find it. And she went time and time again, and I'm able to lo- locate it. And she was dealing with all of her grief, and she was feeling guilt, feeling that she had abandoned, she had abandoned her little boy. And then about four years after the funeral, she, get, she gets a phone call from a local reporter who asked if she was the mother of Elijah Higgins. She said that she was doing a story story on a police officer who was raising money to buy a grave marker, a headstone for Elijah's grave. And uh, she learned that it was the same police officer who four years earlier on the night that Elijah passed away had tried to save him by giving him CPR. And the four years since, this officer could not get Elijah off his mind and, and he would visit the grave at Christmas. He would visit the grave on the anniversary of Elijah's Death, and now he was raising money to to put a gravestone, a marker there. And and when when Elijah's mom, when 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 Fortinat heard that, she broke down crying because she realized that her little boy had not been forgotten. That indeed her little boy had an angel watching over him who remembered him the whole time. Kindness that we show toward others, toward strangers, people we don't know very well toward people maybe who have injured us and insulted us. When you show kindness toward others, you know what you're doing? You're you're looking like Jesus. You're you're doing what God did. God showed kindness to me and you because he sent his son to die while we were still sinners. God was kind to us when we didn't care about him. God was kind to us when we didn't believe in him. And so every time you and I demonstrate kindness, we are demonstrating an attribute of God. So I want to ask you, I want to encourage you this week, to commit yourself to this week being a week of kindness. This coming week, let there be no abusive speech come out of your mouth on Twitter, on Facebook, in personal conversations about a group that you don't like, a group you don't agree with. Let there be no abusive speech. Let this be a week of kindness, no abusive speech. Let this be a week where you don't take what the talking heads on television say and pass it around to everybody else, even if you don't know all of it's true or not. Let it not be a week where there's any slander, any lying. Let us not be. Let, let this be a week when you're not filled with rage and anger and frustration at, that, at all that's going on in our country today. Let this be a week where you show compassion to somebody. You show kindness to somebody. Let this be a week when you choose in those hard moments to be humble and gentle. Let this be a week when you demonstrate patience and love. Let this be a week when you look like Jesus Christ. Because that's what he wants of you, expects of you and me as his followers. And we need to remember his kindness to us. God demonstrated his love toward us, the Bible says. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Kindness. Taking the initiative for our sake, for our benefit. And some of you have never responded to God's kindness. Some of you have never allowed God's kindness to grab your heart. And as a result, you responded by saying, Lord Jesus, I love you, and I want to live for you. I want to serve you, and I'm committing my life to you. And I challenge you, I encourage you right now 
to humble your heart and bow your head and say, Jesus, forgive me for all my sin. I repent of my sin. Thank you for loving me enough to be kind to me and die on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. And I ask your forgiveness. I repent and I commit myself to you. And then let me know about your decision. If you've made a decision to respond positively to the kindness of God, I want you to text the word Jesus to the number on the screen, 803-310-4455, so that one of our pastors can respond to you, talk with you, answer your questions, and give you some free material to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But to all of you who are already followers of Jesus, let this be a week you demonstrate these qualities instead of these qualities. And then next week we're going to talk about how do we grow, how do we develop more kindness in our lives. Thank you for allowing Jesus to speak to your heart. Thank you for listening to the Word of God. Thank you for letting God do a work in your life. God bless you. Look forward to being with you next Sunday. Now here's a final word from our executive pastor and one more song of worship.